You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, what is 1,002,832 times 738? Uh, uh, seven. Wrong. <laughs> I guess that doesn't make us smart people. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the show. Wait, do you know the answer? Yes. So I'm the only non-smart person. The answer is three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the show. This is After the Show, if you uh, didn't know. After the Show, episode three zero. It's a numbers episode today. Get it? <laughs> okay, so this is After the Show, episode 30, Sunday, August the 10th. We're looking at the movie Smart People on Blu-ray disc and DVD. It's released on this Tuesday, August the 12th. It's from Miramax slash Disney, according to my show notes. And it's... Here we go. Sito, what do you think of it? Uh, what is this movie about? Yeah, Synopsis. We're getting please. skipped to the, to the opinion yet. Just let me get my cup of tea. Synopsis, Synopsis is... Um, a professor and his two college-age children. Their mother, his wife, has passed away kind of... We're not sure how many years ago. But he's kind of one of, if, every, if anyone's ever gone to college, right? Or you've had one of those teachers maybe in your primary or a, a great high school, but I doubt it. One of those people, like a professor who's super intelligent, but just a dick, you know? Like inappropriate, can't function socially or whatever. That's kind of what he is. And his children have kind of, it's filtered down to them and they haven't coped with their loss or anything. And then this uncle, his adopted brother, shows up, who's not a professor type. You know, he's just sort of a, what do you call a person? Still, like a gypsy guy. He's you know, smart, moves around. smart, though, still. He's smart, but I'm saying his lifestyle and his attitude is different. And he, and then um, um, some, there's some love interest going on there. And it's sort of a story of people getting over that hump of being da- damaged and hurt. And I think while you're on the synopsis, I was just looking at the tagline, and the tagline actually sums it up perfectly, and, and sometimes it doesn't, but this one does. And the tagline for the movie is, sometimes the smartest people have the most to learn. That's good. I think that actually sums the whole thing up. Yeah, real. it's a little Even, icky, because, you know, some smarmy studio person made it up, but... Correct, but it, I think that really applies in this... Everyone, that, that's everyone this, has the same amount of stuff. But that's to what learn this movie's trying to show. You. I also yeah. wanted to notice, uh, to note that I didn't say at the beginning. This is a 2008 movie, even though it probably wasn't made in the year 2008. It was not. We it know was for in a the, fact. It, it was in theaters and on DVD in 2008. We know it wasn't made in 2008. Okay, so moving on to the movie, uh, I just want to say this yeah. was from one of the producers of Sideways. This is my recommendation for the week. Sideways, unbelievable movie. I didn't know who Thomas Hayden Church was until I saw Sideways. First time I'd ever seen him in anything. And you love him. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. And uh, Anyway, if you like Sideways, I think you'd like this too. It's See, I don't really like romantic comedies. I've said this before. You know the, mm-hmm. the type of romantic comedy Squiddy might like? <laughs> <laughs> the Squid. <laughs> you know those? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not particularly into those. He really liked... Definitely, maybe, the other week. Ah. Uh, I don't particularly like and them. And no reservations they're, 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 and stuff like they're that. They're okay, but this is more like my my kind of romantic They comedy. have no depth, let's just say. That I think kind that's of it. Rom- and that they're a bit really too is. predictable. Yeah. Now, one could say 
one <laughs> could say hey, numbers <laughs> um this, you're giving the impression this movie has anything to do with math which it does not no it doesn't i was just talking. you must think smart people smart. do math really well they That's do because i don't i get it oh. and i'm not particularly smart oh please okay so i just wanted to say that one could say that these kind of movies this kind of off-kilter romantic comedy like I know Juno doesn't really fit. There, there are ones like the other ones like this are all the same too. But I always think there's always something a bit off-centered to them, which interests me. I don't know exactly where it's going. I wouldn't label it even remotely as any type of romantic comedy whatsoever. This I would say is a romance. There's some romance and there's some comedy. And it's that a doesn't, drama It's too. not that. It doesn't center around that to me. So. To me, it's kind of a dramedy. Yeah. A There's movies drama. like it. I know I've seen movies like it before, and I, I tend to like them. Sideways is one of them. I, I they're you know, they've got a, a element of romance. They've got an element of drama, but they don't go have they don't go too heavily into either e- either direction. So it's there's something about them. But this one, I really liked it. Like it's not a very long movie. I was, it's about ninety minutes or something. But what I was thinking was. I enjoyed all those minutes. Yeah. And it was just right. It didn't seem long, and it wasn't like when it was over, I was like, oh no, don't be over. Even though I enjoyed it a lot. It was just right. The story actually made it just right. This isn't one of those um, action-packed movies where everybody... In fact, it contains no action. It's all about... Except for the falling over the fence. Yeah. A little (laughs) bit of slapsticky stuff there at the beginning, but it... It's more. It's just. It's act, the actors and the performances and, and the characters. Really. It's all this dialogue and reactions and stuff. And my movie recommendation because this movie put me in mind of it. Not that they're alike at all, but in a realm of this collegiate thing was proof with Gwyneth Paltrow and Anthony. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was too. really that good. Gillen Hall in it? Yeah, he was yeah, like did, yeah. yeah, kind of peripherally, but it's really good. And the more I think about that one. That one, I mean, it's totally different, but you're in the collegiate thing with the high, super intelligent people and, when and I, the damage of people. And When I was saying movies like of this ilk that I, and I just said Sideways is a good example. Another good example, even though it's nothing like this movie, is Lost in Translation. Mm. Like, it's like a, it's kind of tragic and it's kind of, like, I know they said it in this thing and it's a bit cliched, but damaged people. Mm. I know we're all damaged, but... <laughs> focusing specifically on the damaged parts of people and how people just try and cope with shit. Same with Dust in Translation. Um, so I, I'll recommend both of those. Is that a genre yet? I think that must I, I don't be know forming if it's a genre. itself into it, it a genre. Seems to, it seems like a... I don't, you, couldn't, you can't give it a name, really, because it's really just drama with a hint of comedy. And the comedy is always the sarcastic type of comedy. It's not like... Somebody getting the knob trapped in an apple pie or something. It's not that kind of comedy. No, but there is a bit of photocopying of the knob. Yeah, but still, <laughs> like... You know? Yeah. It's the, but, it's the most overt comedy, and it's yeah. not even... Co- it's uncomfortable. Most stuff is subtle, layered comedy. Yeah. Which I appreciate more than photoco- photographing the knob, even though that's pretty funny. Because just to see... This from a man who one of his favorite movies of all time is Ron Burgundy, Legend of an Anchorman, which is like the most... Obvious kind of comedy. And I love Airplane. And Jackass. <laughs> well, Jackass isn't one of my favourite movies of all time, no. No, but um, I mean the comedy of but it. But, coming down to comedies, Monty Python, Airplane movie, 
and and Anchorman are where I, you know, crazy wacky comedy. I love those, but there again, I also have another side where I like this more subtle stuff. You're also a very compassionate person, so you you do take to characters who you want to give another chance, and yeah, they might be jerks, but you kind of give them a little. You want them to end up with everything, okay? Yeah. So I like the movie a lot. I enjoyed every single minute. And of I it. liked it a hell of a lot. And it's a really <laughs> under stated thing that could get missed by people you know it's like a mm-hmm. it's a Miramax movie but it's a small independent movie it can go under radar really easy can it and you could miss out on a good movie I think it's a niche thing though I really do I don't think well, a lot of people yeah. tolerate this kind of I, th- I think people like flow. Tim from your work for instance <laughs> the kind of guy he is wouldn't appreciate this movie. He'd find it was boring. I think I'd disagree. Because at some point, if he were sitting alone watching movies and just had a chance to chill out and watch it, yes, he would. If you throw a couple of other people in the mix and they're... You know how people play off each other? Like, if something's said that's not 100% straightforward, but it's like one of those sarcastic, you get, either get it or you don't, and they would look at each other and go, what the hell is that all about? You know what I mean? So I think certain people can... But they just. Won't. I don't. Think, and it, it's not all about being smart. You're no, going to no, get no. this movie because you're smart. Because it's not oh, God, even. No. It's, this isn't even a complicated movie. It's really oh, no. straightforward. It's just that some of the humor. I, I hate to say highbrow. But I it, don't think it is highbrow. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm just pointing. I know it's not highbrow, <laughs> but it's aimed at a different kind of audience. Even though. So the the title says it all. Is that what you're saying? If you're not <laughs> kind of, if you're an idiot, you're not gonna like this movie. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. But you could enjoy it on a different level thinking about it. But there again, if you, if you enjoyed it on that level, you might think nothing ever happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. And why why did I even watch that? You know those kind of people who say, "Oh, I don't even What's know why I watched that." But it has some really. Some of it seemed like. I really love it, but let me just go into some negative things. Some of it seems a little bit contrived mm-hmm. and pretentious. I agree. But I think that's just part of this kind of... Whatever this genre of film is <laughs> that we just... Sit, there's always something we that We should make across. up our own name. And, and I sometimes think that that's like... Do you know... Like, intellectual people start writing scripts and stuff. They kind of... It's almost to me like they're aiming high... On an intellectual level. Like, because that's how they are. And sometimes that comes across... Because maybe they're not the most emotional people in the world. It comes across kind of like... Oh, that part there just seemed a bit out. Like What's an example? In this movie... Um, there's a few things. I can tell you one example. I, a lot of times when the character Professor Guy... Who's Dennis Quaid is kind of rattling off his pretentious crap about literature and when he starts into that mode it's like those people we were talking about last time who are discussing the intellectuals who regurgitate all of yeah, this though- okay they throw some of that in there but that is part of how he sees himself as one of these sort of like he's an intellectual he wants to rise above everyone so he starts talking about you know those those conversations between two people who want to discuss the literary implications of the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, appreciate, I, even know, I can't even go I, there. I appreciate those conversations. And when I see... For instance, there was an author on Charlie Rose the other day I was watching on PBS. 
don't ask me why I was like there was, a, there was an author talking to him and he was talking back to him and they were having like this uh, discussion that was like over a lot of people's heads I would say it was very personal like, and, and it was like they were feeding off each other I, and I guess I'm not saying I'm not intellectual because I can hold that kind of conversation if I want to about a subject I'm passionate about but I don't know in these movies there's sometimes where it feels like a bit Forced. I guess maybe it's sometimes because oh, you know Randy Quaid, Quaid from Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, sorry, from <laughs> Randy Quaid's a completely different uh, animal. <laughs> anyway, you know Dennis Quaid from other things, and then when you see him in this character, sometimes maybe you just don't buy it hundred percent. But I did actually buy him in this one. But I did. But like the, when they said, oh yeah, we gave him a beard and stuff to. Uh, I think I that get, is I don't that, that is the front of everyone's mind of what this as he kept saying a curmudgeon grumpy old professor and that's a real thing oh it is you go to a university and they walk kind of frumpy their suit doesn't fit uh they they treasure their bag full of crap whatever it is and they're very they talk down to you even if you like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie one of the very favorite is the different times this happens when he refers to something, he thinks he's being super intellectual, like in the Christmas scene when he's saying, you know, he read a bit of a, of a book and she said, she identified the author. He goes, well, you know, he was a physician. She's like, yeah, I know. So she plays off it as in he's trying to be. Yeah, she doesn't take fall for his shit. Yeah, right. She's like, yeah, she's I know. As, I'm as I don't as need to idiot. get into some big, thick discussion yeah. about it. Yeah, I get it. Don't talk down to me. So I love that because that's a real thing, too. You yeah. want to say that to people who start... Because I've talked to people like that who just... No matter what you say, they are convinced they are smarter than you and they get it and you don't. You know, and you get I can, that I can actually think of somebody very specifically. <laughs> but we won't mention the name. You talking about me? No. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm that's saying? That's who I was thinking of, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, there are people in real life, we obviously know somebody exactly like that, who... They know everything, and you actually know nothing until they you need they to catch educate up. you. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. and they, until and they educate. They, it's like they're patting you on the head and throwing all these terms and words and obscure references at you, and that's what this Dennis Quaid character thinks of himself. And yet, you know, that isn't a real person. It's like a shell that people put on, you know. And so that's kind of this his character's unveiling of through the movie, of course. And. That, and- that's not all he is. There's nothing we can really spoil about this movie because it's not really a movie of. It's not really. A, it's just really a piece. I mean, of there time. are elements you don't want. Yeah, you, you wouldn't say something. But what I'm saying is, it's more of just a. I like to say just focusing on a time in a, some people's lives mm-hmm. and some situations that happen. And there's some really funny parts I thought. And well, we'll get onto that with the cast later. But overall, story was really... I thought it was really full, too. I thought it all fit together well. Like. Exactly. That's why I think it's a perfect... And it's definitely a character piece, because each character fits. Crisscrosses... Well, I mean... Except it's... for one character, I think, got a little lost. But then it, the director sort of explains that the son has already moved on. He's gotten and out of the situation. And that's an interesting development, too. Yeah. Because he... But through the movie, I'm like, this guy's just nothing. He's just there. But he's not. Well, that's he how represents... he with that whole shit. Exactly. Like, he, he moved on with yourself. his life. He can see them for what they are. And he knows he needs to move away. Whereas the daughter's still there. Because she doesn't graduate from high school yet. So the son was the only character that wasn't fully 
fledged out until we've listened to the extras, and then I was like, I'm oh sorry. yeah, I get it. yeah. Sorry, the a deleted scene. Yeah, exactly. But um, I feel I feel you know it's like a jigsaw puzzle. They all fit together, and their emotions fit together, and they're all basically like how they are because of each other, and because of a situation that happened. Yeah, you know, which is a sad thing. We can probably yeah. say that because it's like I said it already. His wife died. Yeah, exactly. So that is a. That's kind of the that's where you're coming catalyst in. for the yeah. whole thing. And so. the uncle, Hayden Church guy, he is very stereotypical, kind of like, oh, here's the wild adopted brother guy who's going to come and, what, shed light on how dysfunctional they are kind of thing. So Even though he's you have to get over that. He is, but he isn't, because he's satisfied with his life. That's yeah, the difference. I, I, in fact, that was that particular part. The, all the scenes with Thomas Hayden Church for me, but... That particular part where he sat on a bed and she says, well, what are you going to do with yourself anyway? Because he's doing this crappy job putting, what do you call them, build um, posters oh, up yeah, on... Yeah, but he also on, sells phone cards, which on is tele- a pyramid he's doing, crap, he's doing crappy jobs, yeah. basically. I mean, not not crappy jobs, but like just just odd shit yeah. that's, that comes to him. And she says, well, what do you want to do with yourself? I mean, And he says, what, you mean like my jobs? Because I'm actually quite happy with my life. Yeah. Like, that he, doesn't define him. Whereas no, exactly. she and the dad who think Have being the head of the English department and writing a book to get published and she wants to be, like, super good... So that was my favorite thing because yeah. we don't all have to aspire to shit to be happy. In fact, people who aspire to really high things are usually, this movie as a good example, the most miserable people. They might accomplish a lot and actually do good for whatever, even in but societal. But if they come back as to, a human, they yeah. If I they think come they back and look at their life, there's not as much happiness. They're maybe. missing a lot. And, and not that everybody should be a, like a stoner, rambling gypsy, because we need those overachievers in the world, or we'd all be in a. But it's an interesting, like how all those people would look at the stoner, rambling gypsy Thomas Hayden Church guy and go, "What a loser!" Yeah. Oh. When when. In the scheme of things in life, he might actually be the big winner because he's quite happy and they're all miserable as hell, like, you know? Yeah. So that, that's a nice... Uh, in fact, that, that's not the whole message of the film, but there is a message in there. The message of the film's something, well, similar. Yeah. But, yeah, well, we are just... Uh, we did our smart, <laughs> we're in, we're smart in people. Way. We're smart people. We you just, don't uh, need to tell me that. We just analysed the movie. Um, so let's move on to the cast. Dennis Quaid as Professor Lawrence Weatherhold. Um, me, for Dennis Quaid, I like him in anything, whether it be The Day After Tomorrow yeah. or this, you know? He can, I think he can do anything to I best. thought he was really good. He I was. Mean, he, there subtle are moments, stuff like that. Very subtle. Very, very subtle. And at first, he's the full-on curmudgeon professor with the rambling walk and all that stuff. And there are moments, even when it's not appropriate, you know, as the story goes, obviously he's going to have some changes, but there are moments when he loses that a little. And as an actor, I'm sure it's hard to keep it in your mind, all the things you did. Or you might have cut this scene now and did those other scenes later where, you know, so, but I liked his whole, he really pulled it off. It wasn't mega disjointed though, was it? It No, no, no. There were just a couple of times I'm like, oh, you're not doing that crazy walk. He obviously not only was like the professor who was everything we just said he has also had some like quirks like he could only sit in the one side of the cat but what i'm saying I think that's could, his thing that he, yeah he what i'm saying he's a quirky guy too like uh and he pulled all that off and he was 
just the way he was. My looked, fear on that is he didn't want to sit close to someone. That's no, exactly. the only reason. And, yeah. uh, that's what I'm saying. It's a quirk, isn't it? And he also looked nervous a lot. Like, he, he was a fidgeter and he... But he, you know, every scene he was in, he did it. He pulled it off. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, and I believe that he can do anything. Because I've seen him in... We've seen him in movies like... Day After Tomorrow, which is a straight-up action movie. He did a good job in it. You know, he comes across as a good hero guy. What was the one with the... The Family. That's one of my favorites of his. I really like that movie. The Family. No, with the family and the mother, Marg Helgenberger. Marge Helgenberger. You know, with the daughter, uh, Lost in Translation Girl. <laughs> this is my, you know, with the guy and he works for the company and he sells ads and then the company gets taken over by the young jerky guy and he starts dating his daughter. Oh my God, do not even, you got the look on your face like I have no clue what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. The family Stone. Not, no, no. That was Je- that was Jessica Parker. That was a. It wasn't. Uh, it's not as good as it gets. It's like that title. Okay, I, I don't know. So I'm looking it I'll up. So uh, bear with us, podcast listeners. Yeah. Um, is it? When was it? Was it in the last? In Good Company. Yes. Where, See, yeah, how that, can you be? Now yeah, you're like, oh yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I really like that. Movie. That was really good. And the more times I watch it, the more I like it. Yeah, it's really good. Because um, he does a good job of being that person too and I think this one was actually a character piece like an actual he had to put on like that was just a father and a, a husband you know but he did a good job this one he had to actually kind of change his persona and the way he walked and the way he moved his head it was, and definitely, it was more complicated well, if you think about this role you know to be an actor to play this role it's definitely more to sink your teeth into than the average role because it you've really got to live that one because it's it ain't it ain't just the way you talk it's like everything the mannerisms the stumped over you've got to remember all that if you don't do any of that yeah so I think it was good uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as Dr. Janet Hartigan see I don't generally like Sarah Jessica Parker I don't Parker. either but I thought in this one she was really good I agree I was really impressed and in the family stone same thing I, I kind of liked her in that but and I said to you during that one I don't generally like her but in the family <laughs> stone I really liked her and it was a similar-ish we're not moving our way to watching all the old Sex and the City, are we? No. Oh, good. No, no. no I, I thought she was really good, and her reactions, and... I don't know if she's been groomed to react without always saying stuff, you know, with all the TV that she's done. I don't know, but she I thought she was really good. Yeah, and... And, and she really seemed to me like a lonely... She's a doctor, and she's beautiful, and yet you really get the sense that she's, she's lonely and on her own, and it's a... It's her own fault, without ever even knowing what her situation is. I thought she just pulled. It and all she out. was a ex student of Mister. Yeah, curmudgeon, <laughs> Mister Professor Lawrence Weatherholt. Yeah, um, and then moving on to the person who steals the movie. Well, Dennis In Quaid. Your opinion, Thomas Hayden Church as Chuck Weatherholt. I think yes, it's kind of a retread of the character in Sideways. It's very very similar, and it's almost. If you liked him in Sideways, that I, I like that whole attitude of him in Sideways. The kind of it was the same, wasn't it? I mm-hmm. don't give a crap about stuff. I'm not kind of like he's not like the Paul Giamatti character. He's like he's like the. Although in that one he was a lot more one. selfish. In this one, he actually is to me about the most noble person in this whole situation. Yeah, he is, but he he comes across because his of, intentions are. To, like, wake them up. But it's also, um, 
convenience for him too. The reason yeah. he lands there and why he wants to stay there and stuff. True. But he so he has got a bit of selfishness, but he's also he just so happens to be a like a fixer. He fixes them. Well, he doesn't really. He no. makes them see what 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 why they're so <laughs> fucked up. Like, um, but I really like him, and and like I say, I'd never seen him. I know he was he's been around for years, right? I'd never seen him. You before, never saw so. him on Wings. You should watch a couple episodes. He's he's funny. I mean, it's it's a lot of that, but he's real. Lloyd, you'd have to see it. Yeah, know what I mean. Um, but I, I think he's good. I, if you like Sideways and you liked him in that, you're gonna find enjoyment somewhere in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Ellen Page as Vanessa Weatherhold, the daughter. Now we're familiar with her from Juno. Everybody. Will... However, this movie was made before Juno. I, actually, it was. Yeah, interestingly enough. So um, you so can't say oh he you got can't her say oh that. she just did the same thing she did in Juno because she hadn't done Juno yet. Nope. Um, what did you think of her? I think she was fine. She's very, very, like, not the teenage attention grabber. I don't know how to describe it, but I like that she, in her role, obviously, the character is supposed to be this girl who's grown up too fast. She's trying to be an adult. So but, you get that. And she also gives you that, like... As an as a as a teenage actress, she still fits in with all these adults and doesn't get run. She doesn't. I don't know how to describe it. She doesn't try to like get the limelight. She doesn't do big shiny smiles and she's appropriately sarcastic. And I'd even say that if you take this sarcasm that she has in this one and kind of her snarky attitude and she's miserable and unhappy, multiply that. And put that in Juno, where there's a lot more smart-ass comments and a lot more irreverent attitude. You know what I mean? So this is kind of like... Uh, a stepping stone for that. Yeah, kind of. And she is only 21. Uh, now. Tw- 21 now, yeah. But that movie was made when she was probably 18. Right? But she is good. She's got a really uh, interesting... There's something interesting about her. I, I feel that she could end up typecast in that role, though, because she does it... You yeah. Know, if if anybody needs a snarky young person, then she could end up in. I hope she doesn't go that way. I hope she just like decides. I'll try other things because yeah. I don't really like it when people get typecast. It it's all right for like one or two films. Who's an example of someone who's stuck in typecast? Ooh, there's Excuse a lot. Me. Right? Can you think of some? Off the top of my head. Yeah, it's hard off the top of your head when you. But uh, this a lot of people where I see them in something and go, oh god, they're just they're almost. It's almost like they're just doing what they did in the last one. I think one. that in a weird way, even though he's done a lot of other stuff, this is like a prime example, is Robert De Niro. Because even when you watch him in the Fockers and stuff like that, all you're thinking about is Casino and um, stuff like that. I mean, he's still that guy. He's still the Raging Bull. He's still, in your in my mind, I'm thinking, this is Robert De Niro trying to be funny. He's not funny. He's an asshole. <laughs> he's supposed to be like the badass mob guy do you know what I mean so yeah. I think in my even though he hasn't only done those roles I think in my mind it's stuck him there so that to me that's a typecast person even though they've given him other he's taken other roles it's still I think um, I maybe also, I'm a victim of typecasting because I think of him that way I also think a typecasted person um, now is uh, Jason Lee I believe he is kind mm. of because he did a lot of Earl I mean he's still doing Earl kind of slipped into that Earl character and then recently he did Alvin and the Chipmunks and I watched a little bit of it on something the other day 
And uh, he's basically Earl in Alvin and the Chipmunks. I, I, I don't even remember Earl. I've only seen a couple of I don't episodes. know if... Well, I've seen, I've seen a few... You know, when it's been on, I've just watched one. When it's been on syndication, I've just seen them. But I, I, I don't know if it's like... Because they do it for so long... Somebody says, oh, they like that, and then, oh, they just can't slip out of something. Isn't he just Brody and all over again? Do you know? See, yeah, it started with Brody. Yeah, so that's where it started. But Earl's Earl's not really... Earl's a real amplified version of Brody. Right, but the same kind of... But then again, that could just come from that But then then filmmakers go, oh, I really like that Jason Lee, and then when they get him on set, and maybe he does want to try and do something, no, no, do that. Will Ferrell? Yeah. Well, yeah. Jim Carrey, even though they've d- both done some good away from those kinds of characters in your mind and in Hollywood, it they've got a stamp on their. I pack. can tell you, I tell you, somebody who isn't typecast, right? Who is not, not typecast because they so do such varied Versity. work. Kevin Bacon. True, you can't pinpoint mm. a. I mean, he's done si- some things that are similar. But geez, he's all over the map. Look at like his stuff. Like he, I don't know though. When you think about it, there's always an intensity, a bit of brooding, a little bit of weirdness. When you think of like White Summer and but and even the wood something different and, about and, him. Yeah, but you think about the role. I don't think he just plays the same thing. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think people say. Uh, like I do think some actors are, when they get on the set, the director says, "Can you do it kind of like that?" other thing you were in because we really like that and that's what we're going for some you know? people might cringe but I think Brad Pitt is totally not he's been all over the place and you can really and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio I mean come on he's in all kinds yeah, of stuff yeah Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the for me no joke one of the best actors of this time Like, <laughs> I agree people I mean, are going to shun mean, us after this well, year, no. like, ah, we can't I listen mean, to them anymore I mean if you get off the some high of, horse some and of that, get over Titanic and the beach, he is actually well, really I'm, good. Well, there's nothing wrong with Titanic. The beach, yes. But um, <laughs> stuff like The Aviator and Gangs of New York, it's really complex work. Like, and then it, Catch it, Me If You Can. Yeah, totally and different. then Catch Me If You Can as well. Um, and it's all, it's really, it's complicated. And A Boy's stuff. Life and who's... Basketball and Diaries. And Gilbert Grape. I mean, all totally That's what I'm different. And he, he, he is young then. Not just different stuff, it's... It's really emotional kind of um, acting too, isn't it? Like, a, you know, the aviator. I mean, to play that guy's life, that's it's fucked up to start with. Like, and to really stick yourself in there and I really pull it off convincingly. Also, without realizing, like, when we say, like, Morgan Freeman and people like that, when they come on Morgan set, they've got, that, they've got that certain thing about them. They might have done a few different Samuel roles. Samuel L. Jackson. But- <laughs> How many times do we have to see Samuel L. Jackson as... Either the villain of a superhero thing, or the guy who comes with a bit of wisdom in Where's the middle. Windu, of, you know, the, with a bit of wisdom <laughs> right in the middle of the film and then disappears. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like when you see them now. For me, it's like oh Samuel Jackson. I really like him in Pulp Fiction, obviously. But I'm like, oh. yeah. Sometimes in you Jumper, have to wonder: is like, there a substance there, or is it just Flash because they've hit a couple of times? And then you put them in because their name is there. And they're not bad. They're great. But And I don't blame them for doing films like Jumper. They've got to pay for the kids and yeah. get the kids through college and stuff. And it's a few million dollars and it's not very difficult. I don't blame them for doing that. But sometimes they can be a bit overexposed. Because the amount of times I've seen Morgan Freeman <laughs> in the last five years. Although Million Dollar Baby, he was... Yeah, and and then they have the moments where yeah. they go back to what they... You know, like, obviously, the uh, Shawshank Redemption. 
Even then, though, you have you could argue he was just sort of the was you know the. It was before he'd done it a billion times, though. Because Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, he just keeps popping up, and then oh, and Wanted. He didn't even need to be in Wanted. Even in um. Gone Baby Gone, he was that guy. He was the authority figure with a little bit of, like, he put you in your place kind of guy. So I think that's enough typecast talk. <laughs> we, we could go on all We're day. We're on topic. We could go on all day about typecast talk. Um, so, was there anybody else you wanted to mean, I just put the main players I down I think the there. son was fine. The son was, let me get his name, it's just Ashton his, Holmes. As because James his Weather. character has already gotten out of the situation. He lives in the dorm. He's going to school. He's a poet. Obviously, going to... Some kind of English. And he comes home for Christmas and stuff like that. And then that is his role. And yet we just don't get to know him as well, as thoroughly. I don't think you need to. And I think the point is, like you said earlier, is that he realized that to just separate himself is the way to be. Yeah. And then you've also, just a quick mention of Christine Latte. Oh yeah, Latte. I love her. And I love that she her Christine part was Latte? just... Yeah, Christine Latte. That she's just peripheral. She just she's plays like Nancy. The secretary, the secretary in the English department. But even that, I just love her. Yeah. And I think she really... <laughs> and it's a very small part. She's yeah. in it for a minute at the most, right? Two minutes. But maybe. because it's Christine Lati, you're like, yeah. And the, <laughs> the director is Noah Murrow. And this is his first movie. He's a first time director. Um, and <laughs> interesting... Oh, we'll probably mention that in the extras. This is an interesting fact about him. Yeah. Um... I like I, it. Is it was well put together? It yeah. really was. I mean, it, there's nothing distinct about it. It's very personal. There's a lot of close-ups. There's a lot of and I think and, that's uh, what he was yeah, aiming at, right? Totally. So, it, so it it feels personal and small, and, and you can examine it more closely, like scene by scene, and say, yes, this scene is designed in a way to build a certain attitude or emotion or reaction in relation to what's going on. But, I mean, you don't really think that as you're watching it. So I guess that's good. That's seamless directing. Yeah. um, And I'd like to see other... He's got something else coming up, apparently. So this mustn't... This is a comedy, drama, romance, apparently. Comedy. Comedy, that's what it is. Oh, my word. He also published a volume of short stories called Naked Puebo and a novel. Before he did this. He's got a new movie... Oh, he wrote a screenplay for a new movie coming up called Hate Ship, Friendship and Courtship. So, uh... I, I'm, I look forward to seeing more stuff from yeah. uh, DVD extras. We looked at the Blu-ray version. It's out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, it's not really a movie that you need on Blu-ray, is it? Absolutely not. It's... You know. No. If you want to download it and watch it on your computer, do it. It's content over substance. Well, we're not, I mean, we're not saying, we're not saying download it illegally. We're saying no, like, go on your PS3 and Netflix. Rent it. Oh, or Netflix yeah, yeah. or Blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. I'm not enticing criminal activity. I was just clarifying that for our <laughs> listeners. Um, bonus features on the DVD. It's, the DVD's got, uh, the Blu-ray's got nice menus. Do we have to call it Blu-ray every time? Can we not just call it DVD? Uh, no, because there's a difference between them. No, it's actually a DVD. It's just a different type. It actually is not a DVD. It's a Blu-ray disc. So, yes, we have to call it Blu-ray. Is it called Blu-ray DVD right there? No, Blu-ray disc. (laughs) Okay, so the Blu-ray disc we looked at, the reason I'm calling it Blu-ray disc is the menus on the DVD actually won't be the same as this because this is capable of more stuff. Um, I also want to say that you get a free ticket to the movie Blindness. Oh, right. in In the box. Which is a, what, $7... And a preview. A preview of the movie Blindness, which I'm actually very interested in watching. 
It's Mark For Ruffalo. For one reason only. Mark Ruffalo, Julianne Moore. And it looks very interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, you get a free ticket to go and see that. So that adds a little bit of value. I, I actually like this. Like, we, we actually might want to mention <laughs> that later. Oh, yeah. I didn't put it on there, but we will. Um, but I actually like this giving you a free theatre ticket in a home release because it is something extra. Yeah, it, it really entices is. you to buy DVDs and go to go the theatre. Go out to the theatre as well, yeah. For something you might... See, we would never go to the theatre to see Blindness. Uh, we might catch it on DVD when it come out, but... Why not for free? Um, so, Blu-ray and DVD contain the same features. You get a, a stack of deleted scenes, which don't really add anything to the movie. No, it kind of backs up a couple of things. One thing is where he's talking about becoming head of the English department, and one more of the uncle and the college-age girl having a little tit-for-tat, but that's about it. And then there's The Smartest People, which is a documentary. It's like about 30 minutes. It's the interviews with the filmmakers and the cast. It's pretty typical. It's, oh, very. It's electronic press kit, as they like to say. You know, it's, it's... Here's some talking heads. And here's where we discover that the director, from the time this movie was made until now, I said, he must be on he must have lost, fast or something. He must have lost 150 pounds. At least, at least. He's like a thin guy. and no one Like Peter he, Jackson. Like when you yeah. saw Peter Jackson and then you saw him again and you was like, holy crap, where did he go? Yeah, exactly. It's, now one felt- comment he made on the commentary though, which we're going to get to, I know, but he made a comment that one scene in the movie, the girl fills a big plate full of food for this girl, the woman who comes into the father's life and he goes, Enough what's for like an it's for an obese person? <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Okay, I'm not skinny. I don't need a big fucking pile of food. And that really irritated me. He you can isn't, stick he was that an food up person. his ass. I don't care if he lost a bunch of weight. Um, so that's my rant for the day. He, if you think old people who aren't skinny eat a big load of plate full of food, then you're full of crap. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and he... You learned a lot of stuff in this... Uh, in this documentary. It was more wasn't really about how it was made. It was more about, like, what kind of head they had to get into to do Yeah, that. and how it came to be made yeah. a lot, you know. I, I, found, I found it interesting, the writer but was it's in nothing there. spectacular. No. It's worth a watch, but you'll never watch it again. It's not overly produced or anything. It's not flashy. It's just them talking, the writer, director. House. Also point out that the uh, high-definition version of Smart People, all the extras are in low-definition. <laughs> So they just ported over from the DVD. You always love pointing that out. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I kind of, I kind of expect now. I mean, this is a 2008 movie, but I kind of expect if you're buying this and and it, and it says beyond high definition all over the box, kind of expect the whole experience to be that way. But yeah, seemed- and unfortunately, you live with a wife who doesn't like to watch things squished or out of aspect ratio. So. Each extra and, that's wrong, you have to. Adjust. And if we move to high definition completely, like these this promise, then we would never have to piss around with the aspect ratio, would we? It'd always be right. But anyway, uh, you also get the not so smart. That's this is clever. This the is not clever. so smart bloopers and outtakes. This is for smart the, people. They're always funny, ish. The, I did laugh at the one scene that looked like they really had a hard time getting over the giggles, which is really funny. I think. Uh, and finally, there's the feature commentary with the filmmaker, Noam Moreau, and the writer, Jude Poirier. And it's, we listen to a little, mm-hmm. we listen to the, we actually listen to the commentary over the dinner scene, which mm-hmm. is a pivotal scene in One the movie. One of my favorite, yeah. An interesting uh, commentary as well. If not a bit 
dry. Yeah. Yeah? There's not really... Mm. And I'm it's not, the, not that fun. <laughs> no, but, you know, I mean, what he's saying, he's explaining, his commentary is more explaining how they wanted to create a mood, and he'll point out how this thing, this arrangement, or this color, or this lighting is meant to make you in their mood, that kind of stuff, you know. But he doesn't do it only that. It is a little bit dry, but still interesting. And the cover... It's kind of cool, but it looks very photoshopped to it's me. It's photoshopped, and it doesn't like really... It does not um, represent the movie at all. No, not really. No, not at all. Um, it's it intrigues me. I want to see that movie. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It, then the movie that you see, even though you like it, it is not that movie. And I also want to point out this movie was an official selection of this year's... Or last year's Sundance Film Festival. Um... And I like the color of the cover. I really like that. So it cover. has been around a while. If it was around long enough to get accepted in, in Sundance of 2007 and then not out until 2008, I mean. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole DVD. I say this is a... To, to me, you know, and I sometimes say, oh, go rent this one. I would actually go back and watch this one. I think it's that charming to watch. Because I've watched Sideways multiple times. It's uh, about $22, but you get the blindness ticket as well, so... That that ticket yeah, to me fun. nowadays is adding a lot because um, if you go to the theatre you you do have to pay the seven dollars to seven dollars fifty to see the movie. If it's saving you seven dollars fifty on your movie going thing, but then, if you weren't going to go anyway, then no. you're you're buying gas. And, and if you really want to see Blindness, you're thinking of going seeing it in the cinema uh, this weekend or next weekend when it comes out. Uh, actually, buy this movie because this is worth the watch. Hmm. I'll rent it and I'll hope the thing's still in there. See, that's that won't be. <laughs> See, that's the thinking they want you to get. Spend more money to get something free. It You're is not getting it free. It is, and but they want to get. In my out opinion, to the if I'm spending twenty two on the Blu-ray disc of a movie, that is that being inside is a bit of a. How about make it twelve and don't give me shit? They ain't going to do that. So <laughs> I'm just saying it's a good. Um, it's it's worth it. I, I, I'm saying buy this one. I don't think you necessarily need the Blu-ray disc if the DVD's a bit cheaper. I agree. Because it isn't... It's in high definition, sure, the movie. But it's not a movie... It, it almost... It's a low-budget-ish kind of movie anyway, so it's not all about sharp, high-definition shit. It's not... There's no special not effects. Not even remotely about that. Now, in a few weeks, we'll be reviewing Iron Man. And I will probably say this one by it in high definition because those are the movies... You that, don't know that. You might well, what I'm saying is movies that have big special effects and explosions and big soundtracks which this had a nice subtle soundtrack but like I'm saying you don't need it to be in uncompressed audio really you could watch it on your cell phone and be just fine Uh, Uh. no Um, so yeah I say buy but possibly the DVD but definitely rent if you've got a chance because it's not one to and it'll probably be on HBO in the next few months Oh, uh, yeah, about, about a million times over. But it's not one to miss, that's what I'm saying. Don't um, think, oh, I've never heard of that one, so sweep it under the rug. Uh, so thanks to Miramax and Disney for sending us those. Moving Thanks. on to our contest. Contest? Contest? Yeah? Our contest for the DVD My Sassy Girl. Right. See, I completely forgot what you're talking about. Um, now I know. You're going to have to remember the question I do. and do the whole thing. I remember the okay. question. To win one free copy out of two. Yes. There are two copies. You're not going to win both. You're going to get one of two. 
Two of you are going to get them. If you're um, lucky, I might make a mistake and put both of them in the box. <laughs> but then having two would be useless. You don't make a lot of mistakes like that. No. So, um, in order to do this, you need to send an email to acegully at acegully.com. With, in the subject matter, what did you say last week? Don't sass me. Don't sass me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the question you have to answer in the body of your email is... What sassy accountant on the office, the American version of the office, does Michael say blank? Or don't sass me blank. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? And is that it? And that's it. That's obscure and it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. But it has to do with sassiness. It does. Um, so, yeah, don't sass me. <laughs> uh, so... Let's see what else we got here. We got uh, games. Oh, yeah. This week we had um, EA. Oh, yeah. Something wrong with the EA. Uh, EA Games, who like to charge you for absolutely everything, decided that Battlefield Bad Company, the game that me and a friend play every week, they will give us a brand new mode. Free? Like a whole... I'm, I'm, talking, I'm not talking like a new... Like a whole new mode. Like a brand new game type. Which makes the game completely different. For completely free. I don't know what's going on. And at the beginning of the week, EA, again, decided to give a brand new patch for Burnout Paradise that adds, like, so much stuff, it's unbelievable. For free. I'm going to go on a limb here, and I bet if you did some research, you'd find that some women moved in some to uh, some executive offices in that company. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just unheard of. I was saying to my friend playing Battlefield, oh, we got this free mode this week. The next patch will cost five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like evening us out. Um, but anyway, the new or they're mode... just siphoning a few pennies out of your PayPal account. And you don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Every time you play, they're stealing Microsoft points from your marketplace exactly. account. Exactly. Um, so it's free. It's really good. It actually two months later, we've been playing the game for two months online. It actually adds a whole new aspect to the game because this game mode's completely different. It's the game mode from the original Battlefield. Because they'd invented a new mode online for this version. Well, it's the original Battlefield mode transplanted into the old, into the new game. Ah. And so I believe a lot of people will be into that because the, there's a, there was a lot of complaining, oh, we don't really like this new mode, we want to play the old one. So they decided just to shove the old one in. And it it's really fun. It's a lot different. If you... That's what makes it good, probably, is that it's so... It's not just a little bit of... Especially after you've been playing for two months and you completely know everything. You know, yeah, because you are, as you pointed out, you're this close to being the very top level. I am level. probably two nights away from becoming the top level of the game. 25. Fabulous. So, that's Battlefield. This week, in game releases, there's just one big game out there that's coming out. I couldn't give a damn. Madden 09. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, a billion people are queuing up now, probably, waiting for the copy. I don't really care. And you don't care at all. I don't care, no. I uh, will not bother with it. Uh, but I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> uh, another thing I did this week, oh, I mentioned it last week, but I uh, upgraded to Windows Vista 64-bit edition. And now this week, Vista well, Vista 64 is pretty hungry for memory. So I bought another 2 gigabytes of memory and put it in my computer, so now it has 4 gigabytes of memory. And I just want to m- say that Vista 64 runs a lot better on 4 gigabytes of memory. It boots quicker, programs launch quicker... It just seems more snappy overall. And you only spent 
38 bucks plus you yeah, got to you got to mail in rebate which so it's I've only going to be like $17. Yeah, I just want to say that DDR2 memory, which is what I'm using here for this it's a quad core Intel rig. DDR2 memory is you know, they might as well just give it you for nothing right now. It's so cheap. It's like I've paid over $150 for 2 gigabytes of RAM in the past. This same stuff Right now, with the rebates, you're probably paying $20 for 2 gigabytes. Yep. So, it's a good time to buy memory. Did you buy some for your wife? No. I didn't think so. Your memory is a lot more expensive, so no. Um, but anyway, <laughs> That's where you could have used your savings. Any, yes. Anyway, Vista 64 runs good on 4 gig memory. In fact, I've not had a problem with it. You know, but, you know I've said yeah. this before. People who hate Vista, blah, blah, blah. 64, you can see it runs fine. We're recording this podcast now. It's not... There's nothing wrong with it. And that's officially the end of the nerd section of yes. the podcast. Okay, so moving on to Sid Talk's little news. My news? I don't really have a lot of news, but I can say that I have helped minimally. I won't even pretend like I've helped a lot. But this week we have uh, been cleaning out my uh, moldy basement of a house. And it's very... It makes you come home and want to like... And this is like piles of boxes and crap in the basement. They all need to be thrown away. And I was the voice of, of cruelty because I said, everything goes. This is a family member. We're cleaning out the basement. I have no compassion about it whatsoever, <laughs> even though I love this person dearly. I was like, it has to go. It's unhealthy to live in a house with mold and blah, blah, blah. So it's eye-opening because I come home and then I start looking at every corner of our garage and our boxes and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be lurking in there somewhere. And it's actually changing my, I'm going to have to go in there, reorganize everything, put every. and this is my biggest tip for this. You know those big plastic containers that they sell for $4 at superstores or whatever that you put the lid on? You mean on big and, Tupperware boxes? They're like big Tupperware, but they're not because you know what? We had, she had tons of those. We opened them up, they were sealed, they were shut and everything, and they had mold inside. So do not be secure if you think, well, we've got moisture in our basement or wherever, but we've got everything in these plastic I've tubs. I've got a tip. Because they're not. <laughs> you know those bags that you shove stuff in and then you get a vacuum cleaner and oh. suck all the air out? That, those that would be good. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. Those so. are available at QVC or on any late night... Um, <laughs> Station like Spike in three. We don't. I don't know that for a fact, but it seems like <laughs> if you're going to, if you, you don't rest on that, thinking that none of your old photos and albums and stuff are going to be safe, because we threw away a lot of that stuff. And I also got and moving on to the next stop. So that's one thing. Like if it, it's a challenge. But if you've got a family member who's one of those hoarder people, they hoard everything, and they're it's really bugging you, and you think it's bad for them. Just you know what, make the move. Do the thing. We've rented a dumpster and, you know, we've... Done, I haven't done a lot of the work, but <laughs> I'll admit, I paid for some stuff, but it's count. kind of... I, <laughs> I did some labor, okay? I did throw away a lot of stuff, but moving on to the next thing, that as a part of this, and I won't describe the circumstances, but I got to hear my mother lay into somebody for being a dickhead. Can and- I just uh, quote, didn't your mom say to this person... <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yes, you're a fucking right idiot. Right to his face. Right to his face. And the other things like, what did you say to me? I can't believe... Yeah, well, well she, there was a whole big speech there. And I was I was listening from a couple of yards away, doing something else. My mind was, oh, I should go over there, get involved, and, and sort of what? not diffuse the situation, but I probably would have added to it. But then as I was listening to my mother, I realized 
that's where I get my thing about not taking shit from people anymore. And that's what she was doing. This and guy. Let's, let's just clarify that your mom doesn't go around calling people fucking idiots <laughs> no, all the time. No, this is like a, Oh, no, no. She's a very nice lady. It, yes, and it takes a lot yeah. for her to go ballistic. And she it she had put up with this for a couple of days. I think the week and then the one it. comment that came, and I mean, she just laid into him. And I was like, and it was... You know, it's it's an awkward situation the day after. It's partly family and it's partly labor and, and there's money involved and all this stuff. And yet, while I'm listening to her, I'm just thinking, I'm so grateful to her. Life. I mean, she didn't always like, it wasn't always like that. She got over the hump to where she will just throw it in your face. Like, if you're being an asshole. I have that. I've learned that. And people don't like it. But I realize, listening to her, I do not care. I'm not going to let people walk on me or somebody else if I think it's happening. And if you don't like it, too bad. You know, you need to, if you're an asshole and I tell you to your face and everybody thinks, oh, you shouldn't do that, I don't give a shit. I'm telling you. <laughs> so be prepared. I know so I've all Luckily, this. I'm married to like Mr. Perfect. So that's good. We don't have any of that, but. You, you know it. <laughs> and also, I've all this, just let's say, uh, get well soon to your sister. Who's just had a Yes, my operation. sister had a lumpectomy. This is the person we were, going to, we were cleaning her house. She had a lumpectomy because she had breast cancer. I call it a touch of breast cancer, not to diminish it, but it actually was caught in time, pulled it out, pulled out some other stuff. She's going to have some radiation in a few weeks. And um, so that's very, very good that it didn't end up being the bad side of that. So... Yeah, so that's the week <sighs> I'm in... I'm exhausted from all that. <laughs> that's the week in news from com. Tune in next week. Um, so let me remind you about the websites. We've got com, com. We're on Facebook. We have a podcast. You're listening to it. Sid Talk also has a podcast. That's Sid Talk with a C, by the way. I realized last week people might think CYD. It's CID. CID Talk. Yeah. Um, com is the home of this podcast after the show. We are on iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, we have an RSS feed. If you read the written review on a Wednesday of the movie we just talked about, we do a podcast on a Sunday, the written review on a Wednesday. In the written review on a Wednesday, you can also listen to the podcast. I've made it very convenient for you all. You can also click on the podcast link at the top of the page and listen to any of our 30 podcasts that we're, we're on number 30. And the written review is not what we've said. No. I mean, I write the... And if it's a review, if it's a podcast review, I've written them all. Then we have uh, you have your friend who writes Yeah, the and Squiddy does reviews on a Friday, which he does... The podcasts aren't related to, but no. they're a fan of his uh, reviews there on a Friday. Yes, he writes very good. Very, he writes real good. He, write, he writes real good. Yeah, I don't have to proofread his. That's smart people. <laughs> He's a smart person. He is a smart person. Okay, so... You can email feedback, ascoli at ascoli.com, sidtalk at sidtalk.com, and stay classy. I just want to say stay classy, because if you think you're a smart person, you're not. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself and stand up for yourself, because if you don't do it, the idiots of the world are going to do it for you, and that ain't good. Good.